Sporting dog adventures run. That boy, run. was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with Dogs in the Field. Hey, welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller, and I am here on a blustery day in April. I love Wisconsin, but Wisconsin, I hate your weather. We are 35 degrees today. We are running about a, oh gosh, 30 to 40 mile an hour wind. And I never thought I'd have to worry about wind chill when I am almost done with my first group of dogs. But that is where I am at. I wanted to talk more in depth today about training and our training process and where we're at. At the conclusion of this video, I'm going to actually show a video of one of our dogs running uh, where they're at in two months, where the dog is going to be seated, the dog is going to be released by its name, go out, pick a bumper up, and then come back and give me the bumper. It is something where don't look at training as taking dogs out and getting them to retrieve. Don't look at it as getting them on birds. Look at the, at their building each step of where we're at. We're now two months in, we've started our field work. We have our dogs through their trained retrieves, through their conditioned retrieve, whatever you'd like to call it. And they are at the point where I have built their retrieves so that they are solid on their obedience. They're solid on releasing on their name. They're going out. They're picking something up, they're coming back promptly, coming in, sitting at heel stylishly, and then giving you the bumper. You will have different issues when you do things like this. Again, we're in week eight of a gun dog program. You will have dogs that get stressed where you will see them because you've done obedience where they're looking up at you and they're not actually looking out. You have to make things fun for them if they get to the point where you could tell they're under duress. The first six weeks of dog training is very hard on the dog, and it's honestly hard on the trainer. You're working on all obedience. You are trying to teach the dog that, yes, they have all this ability, that we're going to harness that ability and they're going to work for you. You're teaching them how to learn. You're teaching them how to get praise. You're teaching them, most importantly, how to not get pressure and to turn pressure off if they do something that you don't want during your training process. So this is a time when we are letting the reins go a little bit. We are showing them that work is fun. And we're getting into that last month where we're going to go into all field work, all stuff that is applicable to hunting. We're going to start doing more difficult single retrieves. We'll start doing double retrieves where they're picking something up, coming back, you're healing them, they're picking the second second item up, and you're getting them in that position where it's more 
a hunting type atmosphere or a competition type atmosphere if that's what you're looking for. The big things that we want to do is we want to make sure that when you are getting through different parts of your training that you're proofing them. You want to make sure that once you've got your retrieve belt that the dog is, like in the video that we're going to have after this, seated, releasing on their name, going out, coming back and finishing a retrieve. Once you get to where dogs do stuff on land, then you put them in the water. <laughs> and it is something where when you have a dog that comes out of the water, it's natural for them to want to spit a bumper out and leave it because they want to shake. What you do is you're proofing that, yes, your, your conditioned retrieve is done. At this point, I am at the point where if a dog comes out and they drop a bumper, I'm nicking them with the collar, telling them fetch, and they pick it up. That prevents them from doing it in the future because they realize they're going to be corrected if they do it in the first place. If you have points where your obedience isn't up to muster, where the dog is dropping items and not picking them back up, you need to take a step back. Too often we are in training as I'm being mauled by a dog named Scarlet. Too often in training, dogs are struggling, but we're in such a, such a zeal such an excitement level because our dogs are working in the field that we want to push through and not fix things because now we're doing fun stuff. Don't get me wrong. The last month I have dogs in for a three month program. It's fun. We're now teaching. The dogs are learning. You're getting to see them work in the field. There's very little having to bend over and, and wrestle around with the dogs to get them in the right position. You're just fine tuning everything and getting them set there to the point where they're running. And this is when it is fun. This is when we enjoy working with dogs as trainers. This is why a lot of trainers will only take dogs in if uh, they are past this point because they want to get them into the point where you're constantly teaching and you're not having to basically have to even handle the dogs much because they are out there learning concepts. Now's the time that's fun, but if your dog struggles, Realize it's not on the dog. It is on you. The dog is struggling because you are shortchanging them somewhere. So always make sure you take a step back, work on things and fix it. When we start getting dogs into the water, also realize if you have an issue with something where the dog is in the water, we fix things on land. We prove things on water. We can't fix your trained retrieve and make a dog uh, where you're handing them a bumper if the dog's out in eight feet of water. So if you have a struggle with a dog where they are in the water, step back, get them to the point where they're finishing something up and then fix it so that you are getting them so that they are solid before putting them in the water again. This is how we are going to get them to the point where you have them so they're going to progress. If you skip these points where a dog is, Memphis wants to be part of the show, if you skip these points where a dog is struggling, what'll happen is you're going to fall apart. The dog is going to get to the point where they aren't doing what you want them to do. And your training is going to basically keep building and then a point at a point just fall completely apart. You have to build this base. You have to get these dogs to the point where they are no longer struggling in these positions. And then you keep on building up this week. We're going to work on finalizing our retrieve. We're going to work on the dogs being in the water and finishing the retrieves in the water. We're going to let Tank out of the crate. 
He was in the DCT kennel. He was uh, sleeping, actually, so I just closed him in, but obviously he woke up with us doing the podcast. We're going to get them to the point where they're picking stuff up in the water, bringing it back. They're holding well. They're doing everything that we want them to do. And then we are going to get them to the, to, to the, oh, Scarlet now wants to say hi. This is Scarlet. And then we're going to get them to the point where we're, we're lengthening out their retrieves and getting them to the point where they're doing their water retrieves in that 70 to 80, um, 80 uh, yard mark and their, uh, their land retrieves in that 80 to 100 yard mark. These are times when now you're going to need either a bumper launcher or a person to throw bumpers for you, but you're not going to be able to just do hand thrones. You'll see someone that only trains with hand thrown uh, bumpers with dogs where they'll run out and they hit a brick wall at about 40, 50 yards because that's as far as you can throw them. You want to make sure that the dogs are stretching out past that. If you have a dog that is struggling, stretching out past that, we'll cover that next week. But this is the week where we're going to start having someone else throw. You can have them blow a duck collar, yell, hey, 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 throw a bumper, shoot a primer pistol or a 20-gauge shotgun so that they, they hear the shot. You're putting everything together now. So work on your longer marks. Work on your perfected retrieve. Make sure your obedience is spot on. And then if you have a good week here, you can continue to progress. But if you have anything that's a struggle, you have to step back. I always have like today, a day when the weather's not as good or you're short on time or you just want to work on fundamentals. But I'll have a day where I take a step back. I work with the dogs on the retrieve to make sure everything is perfect and then try to step forward. The other thing that I want you to work on this week, you're going to start putting birds out for upland training. Imagine going down a straight line. You're going to put birds on both sides. Like you're going down a football field, you're putting them on the sidelines. We don't want the birds in the middle because the dogs will run out and find them and come back. We want the, door, the dogs to learn to quarter back and forth. Keep the dogs within 10 yards of that imaginary line where you're at. So if you're over here, you don't want them more than 10 yards out. And work with them on your obedience where you're calling them back. You can release them when they get back toward you and tell them here, hunt it up. Or you can have two people that are walking basically about 10 yards apart with the birds on the outside and call the dog back and forth. Keep them in range. This is a great drill for continuing to work on our trained retrieve and having them in a good spot. So again, it's a fun week. Work with them on those things. And if you struggle, take a step, move back, and then rework that spot till you get them to their salad. So that's it for this part of the show. Next up, we're gonna talk about how to find a good breeder and a good trainer and the different uh, marketing techniques that some have in the industry. And then in the end of the, 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 end of the uh, uh, show, we're gonna have a great hunting tip. All that and more coming up after this. Now what? Hold, heel, heel, sit. Heel, sit, drop. Not bad for two months in, girl.
Welcome to Boucher in Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Damos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Dog kennels can be beautiful. That's the basis on which we built DCT Kennels. We give you the opportunity to have a beautiful kennel that blends seamlessly with your home decor while providing a safe and comfortable respite for your dog. Visit dctkennels.com to see all of our custom selections and start building your dream custom doggy crate denza. Hey, welcome back to the show. So on this part of the show, I wanted to talk to you about a good tip. And it's funny because I will a lot of times see stuff on social media, which is one of the meaner places in the world. And I see things specific to the dog world that I'm in. And it always makes me, I guess, look at it and say, we need to help others so that they are finding good people to do business with. And what I'm going by or what I'm talking about with good people is when we look at talking to prospective kennels, whether it's for a trainer or it is for buying a puppy, there's one rule of thumb I will always have. And is that that is if you have a kennel that leads with why everyone else is bad, I wouldn't do business with them. And I'm that way, whether it would be for buying a puppy or for doing dog training, I just look at it as if you're putting your best foot forward is pointing out someone else's faults, then you must not have good, good ideas of your own and a good reputation because that is what you should talk about. It is something where I don't know if it's just the dog world or if it's just our world in general, but it seems like marketing to many is tearing others down as opposed to talking about what you do well. Not that there's not negative out there, not that there's not people that you shouldn't do business with, but as a business, my opinion is that if you call me and you ask about a puppy, I should be talking about what I do, why my dogs are great dogs, why they have what you're looking for in a puppy, and that should be the focus on my pitch to you is talking about me and my dogs and what I do in my business. And there are many, many out there that are so quick to point to, well, don't buy one from this person or don't buy one from that person because of this and that and the other thing. And it's, it's kind of tough because one, if I were to tell you my opinion on other local Labrador retriever breeders, unless I know them personally, I really can't answer. You would be going by hearsay, by popular opinion, but as far as my own personal knowledge, I'm too busy to worry about what other people do. And I don't have other people that I work with directly. I have one or two kennels that I would refer people to, but I don't have people that I work with directly where I could point and say they do a great job or they do a bad job. So I always tell people, I'm like, it's not for me to form an opinion or give you my opinion on someone else. That's for you as the consumer to find. And it is such that 
I want you to feel comfortable with me and what I do when you're buying a puppy. And the same can be said for when you're looking for a trainer. I saw a post the other day when it was talking about how certain trainers charge too much and how dare they charge that much when a field trial pro that's running high level competition charges almost the same. And it's, it's almost like you don't answer on posts like that because you don't want to get caught up in the, I guess, the drama. But when it comes down to it, when businesses and people that are in business talk like that, what they should be focusing on is how can someone have a good customer base and get people where they'll pay that as opposed to other people who are unable to pull that rate. And a lot of it comes down to how customers are treated, the product you're putting out and the reputation you have. And if you have a good reputation and you're doing a good job, you're going to be in that upper tier on what you're charging for training or puppies. And the other thing that I think many don't realize is from a training standpoint, a lot of it comes down to, yes, dog training, especially gun dog training, the first three months of training that I do, it's not rocket science, but a lot of it comes down to how you are teaching your clients to run their dogs so they're successful with them. You can have a dog that's great, well-trained, but if you don't teach a client and they're struggling with that dog, that is something that is going to be brought up when people are looking for a trainer. And it's going to be something where you're not going to get referrals for second people because of the fact that you're not being a good teacher as well. Whether you're buying a puppy or you're buying or, or you're having your dog trained, you want to find someone that is a teacher, someone that is educating you on not only their puppy or your dog that they're training, but why it is an important thing, whether it's a puppy, why you need a puppy with X, Y, and Z, and this litter would work for you. When it's a trainer, once your dog is, is trained and going through the process, they're working with you, they're talking to you, they're explaining why a dog runs certain ways, why your specific dog acts certain ways in the field and how they can be successful with their dog. And also being there for them if they have a question, whether it's a puppy or a trained dog, being there at a later date. So if they have a question, they can contact you and they can ask you questions and you'll actually answer the phone. These are the things that build a great business in the dog world. And honestly, a great business in any business is having someone that is educating you on the product, standing behind the product. And they're even talking to you about that product, whether it's a car or a puppy or a trained dog, even after you've paid your final bill. So that would be my suggestion for you for your dog tip today. Find someone that has the heart of a teacher. Find someone that is more worried about telling you what they do and why their product is great so that you can get an idea of where they stand as opposed to tearing down others and find someone that you want to do business with. I try to explain to my clients, there are a lot of kennels in the world of the dog world, but not a lot of businesses. We run a business, we value our reputation, we stand behind our product and we try to work with you so that you're successful with your dog, whether it's a puppy or getting a trained dog. You want to make sure that you're successful in the field, in the home, and that you are happy with your product. That is what you want to find. So I hope that helps. Next up, we're going to have a great train, a, a great uh, hunting tip. All that and more coming up after this.
The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. We all know that unexpected accidents can happen. That's why I partner with Trupanion's Breeder Support Program to send all my puppy buyers home from Soggy Acres with an offer for Trupanion coverage. Learn more about Trupanion and sign up for their Breeder Support Program by visiting trupanion.com breeder. Be sure to tell them that Sporting Dog Adventures sent you. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. Hey, welcome back to the show. So for our hunting tip, it's all about preparation. The last few years have been really tough for getting hunting gear when it's crunch time. I've started going through my hunting gear now, whether it's decoys, ammunition, my shotguns, my clothing, and putting myself in a position so that I can find stuff now so that I'm not scrambling right at the end. Uh, I just recently went through all my decoys. It's interesting because I bought a lot of new decoys last year, but I didn't get them until after season. So I'm going through my decoys to make sure what I have is good for the season, which is still, my goodness, we're still almost six, five months away. So it's getting myself so that I have everything that I need, whether it is decoy weights, decoys, dog blind, <coughs> um, camo cover, clothing. I'm gonna make sure I have all that now so that I am fully prepared when I hit uh, gosh, my last group of training dogs goes home sometime in mid-August. Once I hit mid-August, I am going to hit the ground running and I am in a full position where I can really make things fun. I don't have to have that stress of, my goodness, I need a headlamp or my goodness, I need this. And then I'm scrambling around to find it. Hopefully the whole not being able to find things and the uh, supply, ch supply chain issues resolve themselves by then. But I think we can all think back the last couple of years where we've had times when we wanted things and everything was on hold. So go through your gear, make sure it's ready. I know I have a couple of sets of waders. I'm going to try to uh, repair. If I can't repair them, I guess I'll get rid of them, but I am going to try to repair a couple of sets of my waders to get them so that they are leak proof this year. I'm going to try a few different things too, where they're weeping just to see if it works. I am going through my ammunition. Now shotgun ammo, I'm good, but we're going on an elk hunt this year. So I'm actually buying ammunition now so that I have the same grain bullet so I can get sighted in. And then I still have enough for the hunt, which sounds crazy, but the grain bullet I wanted, I found two boxes. So I've got two boxes, but I still have time. I still have the ability to look online and get different things. It is something that this time of year, Seems like it's the time to relax, take a little bit of time off. We're after hunting season a few months, but honestly, now is the time to do your preparations so that you have your gear ready so that when it does come time to hit the field, you don't have any stress. So that's it for this week's hunting tip on the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I want to thank you all for stopping by today. I realize there's a lot of choices. I realize everyone's busy, but we appreciate you and appreciate you stopping by. 
please give us a five-star rating, a thumbs up, follow us on whatever platform you have. If you have the ability, go to Anchor Support and support our podcast directly. And please talk and support our sponsors. They make the show possible. They make it where we have the ability to put on two different podcasts that we really love doing. We also want to thank you. Have a great week and God bless. Sporting.